Hey there, folks. Welcome to Truth in a Thousand Words or Less. So glad you could join us this week. My name is Stephen Craig. I am the host and author of Truth in a Thousand Words or Less, and we come at you each and every Thursday, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Just kidding. If you're listening, you like it. Come on. You know you like it. That sounds really... It really sounds kind of uh, patriarchal pushy, doesn't it? It kind of sounds like uh, what a big giant uh, jerk bag of a male says to a says says to his girlfriend, or lack of a girlfriend. You know, it sounds uh, it doesn't sound right. In any case, uh, hopefully you do like it. Um, hopefully you join us each and every Thursday. Uh, so glad to be back here. This week is. Uh, this week is a continuation of, um, I wouldn't necessarily call it a two-parter per se, but uh, it is a continuation off of uh, last week's theme, uh, in which uh, was entitled, uh, Just Say No to Your Kids, uh, talking about um, a generation of parents that don't seem uh, particularly inclined to parenting, and sometimes sometimes parenting is hard and telling your kids no. Um, so in any case, um, before we get into that, I just wanted to say uh, thank you to everybody uh, who has been helping. Um, I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast. Um, our student at the Peak School, Irina, um, young woman from Ukraine who is uh, here with us uh, for this year, and uh, we're hoping to raise the funds uh, to keep her here for next year. Um, obviously, I think all at this point, if you don't know what's going on in Ukraine, um, well, you don't listen to this podcast, you're living under a rock somewhere. And uh, so uh, I just wanted to say thank you to all of you who have uh, contributed. And if you haven't so far, please do. Um, you can, as I told you last week on the podcast, you can uh, check out uh, the story that Channel 4 News here in Denver uh, did on her. Um, it's really a compelling story. Um, yeah, yes, they interviewed me as part of it. But whatever, uh, she's the, the part of it that you want to watch. And uh, it's just a really compelling story. And it, she's a great kid. Um, and so uh, thank you if you haven't if you have contributed and uh, if you haven't um, please please think about doing so you can do that uh, by going uh, to go the GoFundMe uh, website and then um, searching up uh, help Ukrainian student peak school that's P-E-A-K like the mountain peak because you know we're in Frisco Colorado it's the mountains uh, not peak like P-E-E-K that's uh, to take a furtive glance at something in any case, uh, this week's column is uh, entitled uh, Live Your Life Instead of Filming It. Um, I kind of introduced it already, and I talked about it last week, so we're just going to get right into it. Um, this is uh, Live Your Life Instead of Filming It. Last week, in writing about the impact of a generation of parents to eschew actually parenting their children, I told the story of our recent experience at the Bernardo's Circus. Um, and by the way... Uh, if you if the Bernardo Circus is coming to your town, go. It was fantastic. It was relatively cheap. It was like um, a less expensive version of Cirque du Soleil. It was super cool. The acts were right up close, um, and uh, it's uh, a little uh, sort of family circus uh, that is, um, yeah, it's nostalgic and, and wonderful. In any case, um, I told uh, the story of Bernardo Circus as two children traipsed across the patron boundary rope while their parents blithely ignored them and recorded the performances on their phone. I'm not sure I would label this week's column a two-parter per se, which those of you who know me well know I love, 
Um, but as I referenced last week, I do believe that there is an, another important lesson to be learned from all of this. Put your damn phone down and live your life rather than filming it. Sometimes it is hard to conceive of the reality that the first iPhone debuted just 15 years ago in June of 2007. And if that takes you, takes you a second to digest, that's true. The very first iPhone came out in June of 2007, just 15 years ago. It seems like they have been with us for generations, an integral part of our daily existence. But that just goes to show you how indispensable our phones have become in so short a time. In just a decade and a half, the time my eldest child has been alive, and he just got his driver's permit. He doesn't even have his driver's license yet, right? These devices have become so fundamental to our being that studies suggest that 74% of people feel uncomfortable leaving their phone at home, and a full third of polled Americans would rather give up sex than their phones. Yeah, <laughs> right. After all, if they had to give up their phones, how would they access porn? <laughs> but that's just the problem, isn't it? We have become so conditioned into living our lives vicariously through our phones that we fail to actually live the lives right in front of us. Go back to our episode at the circus. Don't get me wrong, the performances were definitely riveting. But is anyone really going to go back and watch their videos of the spectacles that took place before their eyes in real life? The proprietors even invited people to film the events and post them on social media. But since when was watching events through the lens of our phones? Since when has, watch, has watching events through the lens of our phones usurped experiencing them firsthand in real life? One facet underpinning the psychology behind this increasingly common phenomenon lies on our human need to record and chronicle the evanescent moments of a transitory life. But it is life's ephemeral nature that is just the reason why we should be immersing ourselves in life rather than trying to capture it by recording it. We have a human tendency to want to hold on to things, to make the impermanent permanent, but that's not how life works. Everything in this world is fleeting and nothing lasts forever, including those videos we like to think will span the passage of time. We have all seen people with their phones out trying to capture weddings, graduations, births. Shoot, I've even seen folks using their phones to document their trips to art museums. But that's what our memories are for. If you take time to later watch your trip from years before to the Boston Museum of Fine Arts, you should go out making new memories. But my mind can reflect back to those fond memories whenever I like, or at least as long as I haven't gone senile. All we ever have is the present moment. Cherish it. Not by filming it, but by living it. Years ago, as I was performing the first of what would be several more wedding celebrations. By the way, I'm... I'm Always available if any of you, not always available, but uh, if any of you are having a wedding coming up, uh, I, I love the role of being a celebrant, and I especially, uh, especially would love to do um, somebody, if you happen to, uh, it's a gay wedding, uh, LGBTQ, uh, I would absolutely love to be a part of, um, a part of your wedding celebration. So, in any case, uh, I was doing the very first one I had ever done, and 
I asked my girlfriend at the time to record it on my iPad, but as it turns out, she was, to use a politically, uh, politely acceptable euphemism, technologically challenged. Even though she panned in and out and thought she was doing a masterful job of filming, she never hit the record button. All of it was lost. Or was it? That day lives on not just in my memory, but in the present moments I get to spend with two of my favorite people. The other part of this, of course, lies in our desire to post each and every moment of our otherwise mundane lives to the world of social media. A world that could generally give a damn what you are or are not doing. The impetus for this, conscious or not, lies in our perpetual need for validation, to be told through likes and comments that what we are doing with our lives matters. This constant need for validation has, of course, only been exacerbated by the culture of social media as we feel this irresistible urge to inform everyone of the minutia of our daily lives, all in the hopes that we'll come across to our friends on Facebook and Instagram that we are infinitely more interesting and fun-loving than everyone else that we are doing life right. Studies indicate the powerful emotional influence of likes or lack thereof in response to our posts as we put our lives out there for everyone to see and then hang on the relative approval we do or do not receive. Look, I took my kids to the circus, even though I didn't really watch any of the performances because I was too busy filming it so that all of you could watch my uploaded clips and tell me how cool my life is for going to the circus. Oh, my kids? Yeah, I barely even knew they were there since they wandered off without me even noticing them. Do I recognize the irony of me writing this column and then posting it on social media? Available on Facebook and Instagram. Of course I do. But that's just the world we live in. I post very little of my own life on Facebook, but recognize it as the necessary evil for self-promotion of one's writing. But if this convinces even one of you to delete your social media and focus instead on the real world around you, if you stop reading truth because it no longer pops up on your newsfeed, I'm okay with that. The column will still be there, available for you on Medium or our website, <laughs> waitingfortoday.com, or here on the podcast version, always available. And it will be just as good as an, and just as impactful. There just won't be anyone there to film it. All right, folks. Uh, hopefully you will continue to join us. Um, and uh, I meant it. Like if, uh, you know, if, if uh, having to suddenly, uh, you know, if delete, if this gets you to delete your social media and focus instead on your real life, hell yeah. We'll still be here. You know where to find us if you're not on Facebook and Instagram. You, as I said, I've told you lots of other ways. You know you can find us on Medium. You know you can find us here on the podcast. Hopefully, you, uh, hopefully you'll join us each and every Thursday. Uh, my name is Stephen Craig. I'm the host and author of Truth in a Thousand Words or Less. We will indeed be back next Thursday. Until then, peace out, y'all.
Nobody's high.